It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Welcome, everybody, to the A-Plus Player Podcast. I am your host, Banks. Uh, today, I am joined by the commissioner of our league, Soup. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> What's up? Good <laughs> I very much enjoyed that. I'm also joined by a fellow Texan, uh, his roommate, Dirt. Welcome back to the podcast. We missed you last time. With the, You were down with the touch of the flu, so we're glad to have you back. No music needed. Holla at you, boy. And finally, we got the great return of our enforcer, the main man, Trof. Welcome back. It's been a while since we got you on the podcast. Welcome back. Thank you. Well, we definitely have music, so Faison will be happy. It's not the music he chose, but we got some this time. Uh, Gentlemen, we had a pretty uh, interesting offseason, a lot of movement, a lot of trades, a lot of action. Um, Let's dive into it a little bit here. Uh, We'll start out uh, with the draft. Uh, Frank goes number one. I think pretty much everyone thought he would be the number one pick. Uh, Troph, your thoughts on Frank and, 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 you know, how do you think he's going to fit with Canes? Um, I, he was obviously the best player, but I think it's a terrible fit. But he got a position of need. He didn't really – he didn't get a position of need. Uh, but I think maybe you could have traded back and grabbed one of the point guards or, I don't know, maybe traded him for Oscar. But uh, I thought the top three were all pretty good. Uh, Derek got his guy. Uh the only other player that I think could have been up there was the point guard that uh, Odin got, who looks really good, but I think they're about equal now. Pretty much who you thought would go top three, I think. Uh, Dirt, you uh, you had a pick in the top three. Well, you originally didn't, but you moved up to go get your created player, uh, Dutch Birch. You know, I, I'm, after his training camp, which we'll touch on a little bit later, I mean, dude looks really good. He had an awesome Nike camp. Um, you know, how do you how do you feel about Frank going one, and then Bob, and 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 then give us a little bit about your your whole thought process in moving up to number three. Yeah, I thought uh, one and two were pretty much a no brainer. Um, I think anybody would have picked Selby, and anybody would have picked Bob number two. <laughs> it's kind of I'm not going to say it's sad because it's kind of funny, but uh, I think that it was kind of crazy that you see Frank only go with, well, minus one. I saw he bumped up uh, outside, though, uh, to put in a plus five in his jump shot, so that's not a total loss for uh, for Kane. He uh, He's texting me before TC asking me what I do, uh, get Iverson or, or get Oscar, and I, I told him, I was like, man, it's, it would be a no-brainer. You have to go get Oscar. 
I was like, you might want to wait for TC to see if you can get Marbury, but if you don't get Marbury, I would definitely trade for Oscar in a heartbeat. And, uh, you know, fortunately for Trofe, he uh, chose the Iverson route. And I know Iverson's a little bit younger, and I guess that was Kane's, uh, you know, biggest fear was trading uh, Selby, who could potentially blow up for a 30-year-old. So I understand why he went the way he did, but I was just a little shocked. Um, I really I really liked uh, the text at 1.5. I was hoping that he would fall to me if I didn't trade up, and I'm laying in bed at midnight, and I'm like, shit, I'm going to shoot an offer to Ocho. I'll kill myself if Dutch blows up, and he's on somebody else's roster. So I well, figured he was, he was uh, go. Dutch was very close to being on the Denver Nuggets roster. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was close to getting the deal done. So when I saw that Ocho pulled out, well, you know, moved on, and, and then I saw you make the make the trade, I, I knew you were going to get Dutch. I said, motherfuck. And then the training camp just kind of confirmed how good he was. I had a feeling that Soup would put, put all the good stuff in the right categories for that dude. So, um, yeah, it was smart of you to move up to get him because he's definitely he was definitely going, you know, at three with me if I was able to get Ocho to – to sign off on the deal, but he just didn't like it, I guess, at the end. I waited too long, something along those lines. So, unfortunately, you got the good end of that dirt, and he looks like a baller, that's for sure. Well, are you going to end up starting him, or is Muggsy going to start in front of him? Well, I wasn't sure if you knew or not that I was the one that created him. With that yeah, I didn't know you point. created him. That's why I, I was going to yeah. take him at three, because I knew you created him, and I know you put money into it, so it it's, it'd be pretty foul if, your roommate busted the guy you you sunk dump dollars into. So I figured there was a good chance that he'd be decent at the very at the very worst. So yeah, I knew you created him. So that's why when Ocho said he was dealing with you, I said, "Yep, I lost out. He's gonna take him. There's no way he's gonna slip down, and I can get back into this draft." Yeah, I was a little sad to see he didn't go anything in defense. By the way, I built him, but uh, you know, it's I think that can still possibly go up. He was real close in his defensive categories, but. I mean, a lot of people probably think that I just boosted the shit out of him, and but I was real hesitant on on really making him that good, and then somebody else get him. So there's still definitely room to grow with him. I wouldn't expect him just to be blowing up and and causing a huge controversy. I mean, he's still gonna have to grow, and I'm still gonna have to put some points into him. I'm I'm hoping that he continues to develop though. But uh, I I really didn't want to bite the bullet and give up that draft pick, but I'm so damn impatient. I didn't think I'd I would tank that long anyway. So I just went ahead and bit the bullet and and, and took my boy Dutch. So I was, I'm happy that uh, he he went plus four. Soup. In your opinion, the top three guys go one, two, three. Uh, actually, no. Um, I think. I mean, obviously, once I posted the summit, it was a no-brainer. Selby was going number one, or it was going to get traded somebody who was going to take Selby. He just played unbelievably in that game. And because, I mean, even though it's just one game, I think people, you know, as good as he did play, there was, there was no doubt about it. Uh, number two, Pettit, you know, three years ago when this class was posted before the Selvies and the Birches and all those, everyone pointed to Pettit as the go-to guy in this class. And it uh, looks like he had a pretty good TC and a pretty good building block for for Doug. He had some luck with uh, Bill Walton uh, earlier in 4.0. It looks like Pettit could be maybe in the same kind of mold. Um, 
Like I'll, I'll echo what Dirt said on Dutch. A lot of people acted like he was just going to be some kind of beast, but he does have a lot of room to grow, and he will need some TC love plus some points put into him for him to be to the level of a you know top tier point guard. Uh, I really like with the Jazz. Jazz got you know Jazz caught some bad luck flipping to number four in the in the draft, but they ended up with a guy who also beasted in the Nike Summit game. Uh, he actually faced off against Pettit and pretty much made Pettit his bitch. So, you know, for the second straight year, the number one pick has slipped pretty far for, you know, the Timberwolves last year, and he was able to get hard away. And the Jazz were still able to get a good player in uh, Art Spolstra. I don't know that seat. The C potential was a little worrisome, but seeing that it went up to B after TC, I think um, he can rest that, that he won't be going anywhere anytime soon. Also, I take Silverman uh, just on the name alone. I think the Hornets got a really good skill there. Um, probably a little earlier than I think he would have would have went, but after that TC and seeing what he did in the preseason, it looks like uh, he's going to be a pretty solid player. Um, after that, there's a couple point guards that went. You know, your Irv and I think uh, Nappy, Bobcats got both of those. They both had pretty solid showings in the summit. Uh, Diker at seven, kind of kind of shocking. I didn't think that was going to be, turn out to be that good of a pick, but it looks like he had, you know, a somewhat decent, well, no, he, got, he went plus two in D. So, you know, like King said here, it's not good, not bad. Just a whole lot of man for the Dyke. Um, looking through there, uh, I thought you did really good. It's your 12th pick, Kenny Sears. Uh, me and Dirt were talking about it. Uh, Sears, he was really surprised that Sears didn't go sooner in the draft. Uh, and he slipped to 12, and he went plus two. Um, actually, plus three in the right categories. He lost one in handling, but that's not really that important. And uh, also, Chet No, 14 to the next. I was really big on Chet No. He's kind of got that mold of the defensive center postman that I like. And um, he went plus two in the right categories. So the Mets uh, appear to get a replacement for, you know, catfish that they lost lost last year via trade. So, I mean, the draft went about as expected. I figured this class wouldn't do as much growing as last year. I kind of tried to temper that a little bit, and it looks like I got what I was looking for. Uh with the guys who like Frank and Art, those guys were on on the team that I created along with Irv. How much did it benefit? Because I was the only one that posted my my depth chart that I had an inside focused uh, offense. How much did that benefit those guys playing in that offense? Because you know I don't think Art would have went four if he wasn't playing with that. Like I don't know what the other guys posted, but I, obviously he won. He got himself some money off of uh, off of that showcase alone. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell just because all I did was run, you know, that one game each for each team, so we didn't have a whole lot to compare it to with different settings or anything. But, you know, typically inside offenses for big men is going to get into the foul line. I think he went, like, what, eight for eight in the game, foul line? Yeah, eight for eight. Yeah, I mean, he obviously can do some damage inside of an inside offense. You don't really know how he would have performed as an outside or a foul but you know, it's gonna that's gonna have to be something that two four does 
here this season. We're testing things out to see see how he does. I went out. I went inside offense as well. Thanks. Oh, did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't. Nobody else posted, so I was just curious. You know what they went up against? Because yeah, I always like to see. I know some guys requested it, and I didn't catch the first time they requested it, but the second time I posted the de- you know the depth chart just to see, but nobody else did. So, you know, I figured that they made some money that way. It, it, some guys lost some money. Some guys, you know, got went up higher. I definitely think that that um, art. You know, definitely win. I don't think he's going top five without that showing with the C potential. But, you know, maybe he was supposed to be more of a sleeper that just, you know, had that great game and, and made the money. I was just curious if the depth chart played anything to it. Um, you know, moving on, gentlemen, uh, some other picks. Dirt, I, I, since you're on, you just mentioned it a little bit. But uh, anything else catch your eye in the top, in the lotto, uh, a pick that you thought was pretty good? Um, I know Soup touched on on a bunch of them. Uh, you know, you know, Diker going maybe a little bit early. Uh, Odin selecting two point guards in Nappy and and Irv. Uh, your thoughts on the rest of the uh, the lotto? Yeah, Soup touched a little bit on it. When Kenny Sears went twelve, I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe you have people like Boris and and Dick Farley and Gerald Nappy and Otto Krigosser and and then. You know, and then you see Kenny Sears go. I was just like, "What are these guys doing?" Uh, when Ocho took Gene Diker, I just was like, "Man, Ocho, you're really cool in real life, but what are you doing?" Uh, I didn't understand that pick at all. Being that those grade sets and being 23, I kind of thought that was going to be really difficult, especially for somebody that has so many rookies and barely puts up grades in them. Period. That he's really not going to do a whole lot, and. I really like that Ray Felix pick as well, just because that was a very interesting, you know, type of uh, grade set with with, with B minus handles, and he, he seemed to, you know, he, he was one of the better players that turned into something after, uh, you know, Lotto. Except for Chet, no, he was kind of that 14 slot, but it seemed like there was a lot of big men in this draft, and uh, Ray Felix uh, was really the perfect pick for. <laughs> For uh, Doug, looks like he got two uh, pretty good big men in this draft class, and that's pretty uh, key when you want to keep tanking the next year. So I was, uh, I, I really give him an A for this draft uh, coming into this draft class and doing, you know, his homework, I guess you could say, and actually picking some some good players. Other than that, uh, I really don't see a lot of uh, people that stand out. Like Soup said, I. It, there was some guys that really didn't. Not everybody went plus three like last season, and one of my uh, second round guys that I really like, of course, he's on the Thunder, uh, old Big Red. I picked him to put in my offense when I did Summit Camp, knowing I was going to run inside. He didn't get much PT, and uh, so I decided on somebody else. And of course, Red uh, looks pretty pretty good uh, for a second round pick for old uh, uh, is it GBG. Yeah, I think that's I think that's who picked him up there in the second um, red. Uh, Trofe, uh, your thoughts on on the remaining uh, lotto picks and and maybe anything else that stuck out to you in the first round? Yeah, um, I knew I was getting the eleventh pick, so I sent a list to Ocho. And actually, I had Otto uh, one, and then I had uh, Felix two over all the other bigs. I really liked Felix. I was hoping. I didn't know if I'd get Otto or not, but, I mean, he's only going into the draft. He was a minus one on Sears, and he's two years younger and has eight inches on him. So, 
hopefully Otto can continue to improve. But I liked Nappy. Um, I was thinking about him, but I didn't know if I was going to tank, so I didn't really want a point guard. Um, but the rest all looked pretty pretty mad on the lotto. Um, the guy I got from you really didn't do anything. Uh, yeah, Boris, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two of my draft picks in the first round didn't do much between Boris and uh, Dick Gross. They they didn't really move much. Kenny did well. He, like, he went plus three in the important categories, but the other two really kind of flatlined. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I think I still, like, I when I was talking to you, I could have had, yes, what rookie I wanted, and I still took Boris over Sears, but I don't know. We'll see how Sears does, but I don't. I like Boris because I run an inside offense, so for him to have a B grade as a rookie, you know, uh, I thought he was a, a decent fit for me for my offense, so I really wasn't happy to see him go, um, but I was more unhappy when we'll touch on the on the deal left. But I, I think the most valuable, you know, asset you got back was definitely those those Cavs picks because, you know, we'll we'll touch on yeah. it later. But and that I'll, roster obviously the uh, Eric pick was a what the fuck pick and it still looks bad. It was bad then and it looks worse now. Um, passing up uh, a lot of good players. Uh, but yeah, I think the Chet No pick was was decent. Uh, I was kind of down on him just because he didn't have a single block in the Summit game. So I wasn't too keen on that. He looked like he had uh, a catfish grades, but without the blocks. But who knows how blocks, important blocks actually are. But uh, I wasn't as high on him as I would have been had he had a couple blocks in the in the Summit. Yeah, I uh, I took Gross over him only because in the Summit, he went like 0 for 8, I think it was. And like you said, he had no blocks. So that kind of scared me a little bit. Um, you know, I didn't know if he was just going to kind of be chucking it and and be very inefficient. And then the fact that he wasn't blocking any shots either in that in that game where most of the big guys really got off for the most part, they put up some good stats. That that worried me a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think Noah will end up, if, if Soup's right, maybe a, a lesser version of Catfish down the road. So, um I'm going to stick with you here, uh, Trof. Anybody, you know, with the the rookie TCs and everything, your your thoughts on it, you know, it looked like the number one pick of the draft didn't do much at all, Frank. Uh, Soup is on record as just saying that he didn't want to have a lot of guys blow up like his first class, and they didn't. Uh, your overall impression of the rookie class top to bottom uh, after ter- after the training camp? Uh, a lot of similar players, a lot of good bigs with, not great defense, but very high inside. Uh, a lot of them look a lot similar, um, and they're all like German weird names. You got you got a couple of Muslims mixed in there, uh, but for the most part, a lot of them look very similar. So I think it's going to take more than one TC to figure out who's what and who got good picks. Dirt, your overall impressions after training camp of this rookie class. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's too early to tell. I think, uh, obviously, Frank was possibly a disappointment, but it's not like, uh, I'm sure Sue didn't give him like a 60 or 70 or something like that. So it might just been a been a kind of a crazy TC for him. And, and uh, I definitely wouldn't give up on him. Like I say, he's BV plus scoring as a rookie. I mean, he still has an opportunity to get plus five in his inside, and that plus five in his inside could... Make him B plus B plus scoring as a rookie, so 
If that's I like B plus B plus right now. Well, what? He's actually B plus B plus right now after some upgrades. Uh, so he upgraded his inside as well. Yeah. Okay, I just saw his jumper was. I just saw that his jump. He had a SD into his jumper, bumped it up to B plus. I didn't actually go into his uh, skill camp or or whatever camp for the plus threes. I can't remember. Okay, so yeah, I mean that's yeah that's really good for one point one. So and Pettit looks good and Tex looks good. There's there's going to be five or six guys that are going to be you know players when it's all said and done. So. I don't think it's a beasted ass class as of yet, but you never know what Frank could do. You know, hopefully I'm gonna to try to stairway up Dutch to be a starter and you know Tex and Bob are gonna be starters down the road, so and then uh, you know, like like Trophy said, his his seven foot five guy has an oppor- easy opportunity to be a starter. Um we'll just see how this season plays out in the next T C and I think it's a pretty promising class for uh when everybody bitched about how shitty it was going to be before uh, he started posting grades. So uh, I liked it. I I enjoyed the tank. I enjoyed my pick. So uh, I think it was a successful draft. Soup, uh, you're over. I know you said that you didn't want this class to go crazy like the last one did with tons of improvements across the board, first, second rounders. Um, you know, overall, are you happy with uh, the, the, the sum of the class? You know, it looked like some second rounders definitely popped up and, and developed pretty nice, but overall it, it wasn't the explosion of last year's class. Yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Um, every year, I mean, it's – I don't know how it happens, but some guy I just don't even put a whole lot of attention into ends up blowing up in TC. And for the, this year, it was the third ride. I don't – Buck got him to pick 27. He went plus five and went up one potential, so – Sometimes the software just gets hold of the player, and they make them really good, or they can, you know, make them really bad. You know, Selby. I'm not going to tell you his potential, but it wasn't horrible. So, and for him to go minus one like that, that's definitely surprising. I think people need to realize that he's got arguably probably the top five starting grades of a rookie all time coming into a draft. So you know, him taking a step back additionally. Just that minus one, it's not that huge of a deal, especially considering he's gone plus two from upgrades since then. So, overall, I was pretty happy. I think next year will be a better class, maybe somewhere in between last year and this year. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy with it. Um, we're going to have a jo- uh, Canes fan join us here on the on the line. Canes uh, – Welcome to the podcast. We're just talking about the draft and and you taking uh, Frank number one. Uh, your your thoughts and feelings after uh, training camp on uh, on Big Frank. Well, obviously, I'm uh, disappointed that you know me trying to be the smartest guy in the room and not trading Frank for Oscar got rewarded with a minus one, but software got a software. I mean, like I mean, I just caught that in the tail, and I think what that was Sue, you know, saying that. Uh, it's not that big of a deal, and I agree with him, especially when, you know, three RCs and a and an SC, and he's already, you know, B-plus, B-plus scoring grades. I mean, if he had started out at, you know, B-minus, B-minus, and it was already a B-plus, B-plus, everyone was tapping all over him. But because he started at B-plus, B, and then went minus one in t- training camp, you know, everyone's got a different opinion. Well, that's understandable. I, I agree with Soup. I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. It's just it can't become a pattern in training camp or I'm going to look like a real idiot. 
with uh, with you on here, we're going to transition a little bit to the you know go past the the draft here. We're going to transition a little bit to free agency and off season trades. Uh, you were able to bring in um, Ameka, and you were also able to trade for Allen Iverson. Overall, how would you how would you feel about your off season? Did you feel like you you hit one out of the ballpark, or, or you got a good uh, stand up double? No, I definitely wouldn't say it was out of the ballpark or even a stand up double. It was a decent training camp considering the options I had available to me. I mean, the dream scenario didn't really work out because you know Bruns wanted. Bruns wanted Selby, and that's understandable. And I just, you know, I couldn't do it from my end, so that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, I made the moves I could make, and I don't think, you know, I think I could have done better, but it is what it is, and I'm just going to move forward from here. Uh, Trope, I got you on here. You traded him AI. Uh, your overall thoughts on, and, uh, on you know, bringing AI back and then moving him over, how do you feel that Keynes did this offseason? Um, you know, I thought he did all right. The Okafor signing was good. Um, I didn't want to trade AI, but I, I knew I had to with the seven-year max. Uh, I think regardless of what he what will become, he'll always be dominated by bigger, more efficient point guards, which has been that case the last three years. But he's got great-looking grades. He just – I don't think he'll ever really pan out to an elite or even great level. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Okafor signing was good. Um, I, I would have hopped over Jason Kidd if I was Canes. Um, but we kind of, we kind of already had a deal settled in, but he, he could have taken champ over AI, but he opted not to do that because he didn't want to move. He didn't want Rice not to start. Um, but I, I think he could have done better, but I think his team will be, Good. The only issue is he doesn't have a ton of cap room anymore to ever really make his team that much better. Well, let me cut you off there. I got cap room. I mean, if you're looking, a lot of my cap space is uh, is taken up by um, his Hakeem, and that's that's probably going to be a one year thing before he hangs it up and goes to uh, goes to Sim Heaven and Soup's computer. I'm just saying, you got you got 30 mil and two players. You're not gonna you're not gonna be getting free agents. No, I won't, in, I won't be in free agency. But I'll have Kaplan to maneuver. Uh, Dirt, your your overall thoughts on Kane's uh, off season, and uh, would you have uh, kind of with the options out there, you, you kind of agree with what his moves were here, or you you think he should have uh, been a little bit more patient and maybe made a play for at least Kid before he pulled the AI trade off? I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have went after Kid. I think he only has another year left. Um, if, I think that uh, if Trophy didn't get his picks back, I think that those picks really wouldn't be that much. So I think that he he went playing B compared to what I would have done, but uh, I understand his thought process with wanting to – he has a guy locked up for, what, six, seven years now, and he's only 25 instead of going for uh, the MVP uh, that was 30. So uh, – I would have rather tried to maximize Rice's rookie uh, contract because I've been burnt by a, by a rookie leaving me. So he's already good enough to start and be good, and I would have tried to have Oscar for the next five years and made my run that way. But uh, I understand why he did it. I, I don't think he did anything bad, that's for sure. He got his team to where it needs to be. Iverson could still possibly make that next step. Uh, I think he shot 47% last year. 
Um, I know he kind of has that Jerry West type um, scoring level, which is, you know, above average. We'll, we'll see if he can improve. Uh, I'd definitely give him an A-. minus. Uh, I think getting the number one pick was, was awesome. Getting a multiple defensive player of the year for free was was perfect. And unfortunately, Kearney dropped minus one, but heck, uh, we we haven't seen what Frank can do. He didn't do anything in preseason. He didn't get to play. I know he's obviously not over 85 and jumper and inside, but that might have made him right at 85 and 85 to where he could uh, definitely improve and next year be a be a really good starter for him. So I'm definitely going to give him an A minus. Ken, I ideally let me jump in, but right. you had the you had the opportunity to get Oscar, uh, Oscar and Champ, and you turned it down for two picks and a and a rookie. I mean, you you could be rolling with. Omeka, Champ, Oscar, and then Keeney, and then Towns. That's free. That's really the only team I think in the East that has a shot at taking out uh, Faison. But well, I think that would be very tough to turn down. Once I got Omeka, I reached out to Bruns, and I was a lot more willing to do the Oscar deal. But he told me in no uncertain terms that Oscar will not be on the Miami Heat this season. So I just, you know, I, I didn't want to keep pressuring him about it because he seemed pretty firm on it. And, you know, you were already kind of waffled on our deal, and I didn't want to be left holding, you know, holding my dick and not have a point guard at all. So I figured I'd just do the deal and, uh, you know, move on from there. But I definitely agree with you. I mean, setting up that team would have absolutely been worth it. And I, I was I was willing to do the deal, but like I said, Bruns told me right away it's not happening, and that was the end of it. Yeah, I personally think Kane's uh... – <laughs> With all the options that you had laid out in front of me, I think that you definitely probably knocked uh, an infield, broken bat infield single because, like Trophy alluded to, you had a lot of like pretty elite players that you could have got your hands on. Um, you know, but it's you fell into the same thing that a lot of guys do. You fall in love with that rookie, and then you know that number one pick, and you just you know you you just think he's going to be the next greatest thing, and you just don't want to be the the asshole that got rid of him. So. I don't blame you, but um, before we let you go, out of curiosity, how many GMs in the league did you text or PM for advice on what to do with your whole situation, your caps, and and whether to go after AI or Champ or move them for Oscar? Because I know, uh, just off a quick count, there's at least three guys that said you spoke to them. And that's it. Three. Oh, yeah. just those three? Those, those three. I, I have you know, no qualms about asking for advice. I don't think it's that big of an issue. I know Ian likes to uh, melt down that I, you know, kind of go and shout and kind of ask people what they would do, but I don't think it's that big of an issue. Ian seems to think it is. If people think it's a problem, then they don't give me advice. It's that simple. Well, I wouldn't worry about anything that Ian has to say. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't think uh, asking for advice is that big of a deal. Um, I, I certainly make enough text messages to certain players, to certain GMs and non-GMs alike. So, you know, it is what it is. So I want to say thank you for joining us on the podcast, Canes. Uh, good luck to you this season. I, I think you're going to have a pretty good year regardless of, you know, you know deals that could have been done. I still think you're you're pretty solid out east. Uh, it's going to be tough to knock off the Sixers, but you got a good, a good little squad you got there. So thank you for joining us, man. Sounds good. You guys have a good one. Uh, guys, before we, we break down more off-season stuff, uh, we talked about the rookies. I, I want to get a rookie of the year prediction from you guys. 
uh, trophy are there. Go ahead and give me who you think is going to be your rookie of the year. Uh, you know, who's going to be the best rookie in your in your in your eyes? Um, I went with ah fuck. I don't know. There's so you don't know who's going to play and who's not. Um, I would have went with one of the Odin's point guards or dirts, but it doesn't look like they're going to be starting. So I think I went with uh, Bob Pettit because um, he really looks like he's the only guy other than Art who will get playing time off the bat, maybe Tex. But a lot of these guys doesn't look like they're going to get playing time. But I just want to point out who the real loser of the offseason was, and it was R-Dub for trading that uh, Bulls pick and giving that to Ink. Before I forget about that. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely touch on that. That was just, that was so fucking stupid. Of course, Ank's going to end up getting the best player in the league. That shit. Um, Dart, your rookie of the year. I I, I personally put uh, your pick as uh, the rookie of the year, but I'm not sure if you're going to give him the minutes to earn it. But I, I, I went with, uh, with Dutch. Your rookie of the year this year will be? Well, Super allows me to play him at shooting guard or something and that's the only that's the only way I'll be able to play him. I'm not Buster and fucking cheat the fucking system to add two shitty ass fucking point guards. So <laughs> um I hope that uh, he's listening and I think it's bullshit you get to start two of the worst point guards in the league for talking about how shitty Alfred is because you know he was actually gonna start for you and there's no excuses that that you want to say, you might say I'm crying about it, but all in all, it's just about everybody talks shit about Canes and how he cheats, but when one of the top OGs try to pull the same shit, everybody sweeps it under the rug. So I think there's a rivalry brewing up in L.A., and I hope that he gets the number one seed and drops the five. So uh, with that said, I hope he calls in and we can uh, talk a little shit about it later. But uh, I, I definitely go Bob. Uh, I'm rookie of the year just because I'm not going to be able to start uh, the true rookie of the year. Two. I don't think the Buster was like. <laughs> what do you think should win the rookie of the year? Obviously, maybe some of the guys that should win it aren't going to get the playing time. So, who would be your pick? Trophy, did you have something real quick? No, I, just, I don't think. If anything, what Uster did was very smart. It wasn't against the rules. Wasn't anything. Uh, I don't. I guess I don't see the issue with it. I mean, when you got guys that are F minus point guards all over the place, if you don't if you don't like it, get rid of them. I just think I, I'm not gonna. I don't think it's worth getting worked up. Obviously, I'm not a tanker, but I, he definitely worked the system. I mean, he didn't break any rules, but he definitely worked the system. To, uh, that's smart. That's what, that's I mean, that's part GM of being do. a good GM that tanks. I mean, Faison did the same thing. And, you know, he stashed David, and, and he did things. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, that's kind of my take on it. But go ahead, Soup. Bush League is shit is what it is. <laughs> I, I, smart. I kind of agree smart. with that. But smart move. Depends on yeah. what, what aisle of the tanking you are. If you're a non-tanker, you think it's a smart move. If you're battling Buster for the number one pick in next year's draft, you probably think it's Bush League and fucked up. So... I think that's kind of where where the line is drawn. Uh, yeah, your rookie of the year, brother, because I knew he was gonna do it. So what were you saying, Dirt? I just said it whenever he tried dropping him, I called his ass out, saying that I I knew what you're doing. You can't fucking just try to cheat the system by trading a. You can put the guy on IR. You don't have to drop him, 
especially a guy that's making how much fucking money, I think it's bullshit. You should be able, there should be a rule that states you can't have more than $5 million as cut players just because you're trying to, you know, go through all these trades just to cut your medium row guys, and then all of a sudden you have a shit-ass squad just because you're cutting guys, and now you have 15 mil on tap. And I understand Trophy likes it because he does the same shit. I'm not, shit. I'm not talking shit about it. I'm just saying that I think it's Bush League, and if you get called out on it, you shouldn't be able to do it. I don't well, remember still, the last we got time I brother. How, how I remember the last time the I think you see where like Dirk's that. coming from. You kind of see uh, trophies arguing the opposite. Where do you fall on all this? I mean, technically, he had a better point guard on his roster at the time of the, the cut. So, I mean, it's legal. There's never been a rule that you can't cut your second-best player at that position, regardless of how, many, how much money they made. So, I mean, is he towing the line? Yeah. But was it illegal? No. So, I mean, I get why Dirk's upset about it. But, I mean, it's if it was the opposite way, I mean, I would have Dirk's side too. There's, there's nothing really you can do about it. All right. With that said... Who was your rookie of the year, brother? Uh, like people have mentioned, I don't know if enough of the the point guards are going to get enough playing time to to throw their hat in the ring for the rookie of the year race. So that being said, I'll go with Bob Pettit. It looks like he's going to have free reign up there in Portland and uh, should probably average a double-double on some pretty good shooting percentages. So that'll be my pick. Bob Pettit, huh? All right, gentlemen. Let's let's dive into free agency. We had a pretty real good, quick, uh, real quick. we had a pretty good uh, crew of hey, guys, uh, some young on. guys coming off the rookie Hold on. Thanks. Yes, sir. Buster's on the call. Get him on. All right, let's get Buster on the call then. I, I missed. Apologize. Let's get Buster on the call because we have a very hot topic. We got a very angry GM coming out of LA in Clippertown, and we got a pretty happy GM uh, manning the Lakers. Buster. You've you've heard dirt go off on this podcast. Go ahead and speak your mind, man. Buster, you, you don't there? say. You don't say, Buster. Yo, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Soup, can you send me uh, your address to your house real quick? Yeah, what for? Uh, I'm gonna send dirt a year supply of uh, Kleenex. <laughs> I thought you were going to send me uh, the rest of your tampons you haven't used yet. <laughs> hey, I, I think if you ask the rest of the league, uh, I'd say your badge is bleeding, not mine. Listen, I know uh, Steve Alford's looking pretty good with that B minus C, 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 D, D fucking grades, but I don't think he's going to win me any more games than uh, old, uh, who do I got, Angel Jamison? Angel Jamison, that's his name. I can give him a run, though, if, you're, if you really want me to. Hey man, everything comes back to haunt you. So why don't you just get that one seed? You'll fall, and then I can talk shit after you fall on Lotto. I mean, all right. I understand. I understand your, your, what you're doing. You can say it's yes, it's within the guidelines of the rule book, but it's bush league, and you if you're trying, I don't think you're trying to hide it, obviously. But you saying your excuse of cutting him was. This guy's fucking trash. I don't want him on my team. No, no, no. My excuse. My excuse. You want to cut somebody that's trash and actually pick up somebody that's even shittier. Do you know who Steve Alford is? 
Steve, I don't give a yeah, shit what his name is. It's Stimley. Everybody has Steve Alford. Hank Gathers is right. dead in Stimley. He's alive and well. I don't, I don't care about that. Uh, let's see here. Um, what do you think of What do you think of Josh Hamilton, baseball player? Uh, I think he. I'd blow coke with him. <laughs> okay. What about uh? Let's see here. What about Demarco Murray? What do you think of him? He had to do what he had to do. He got paid. He's okay. an Uncle Tom. <laughs> so give me a. What's your point here, Buster? The, we ain't got some time. Some dude spurned the Cowboys here. Um. Uh, to when he was an Eagle. Okay. Okay. What do you think of To? I have no. Alright, well, my point is, do, do a little research on Steve Alford. If you change Steve Alford's name to, like, Steve Johnson, yeah, I, I'd have kept him. I just hate Steve Alford as a human. He, he was a coach at Iowa, and uh, he, fucked the, he ran the program on the ground. Same reason I offered Kobe that $12.5 million deal because of a name. See? The same guys See? aren't on your side, Buster. It's not. It, you just did a did a bad thing there, sir. Oh, well, what's going to happen is... I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a high pick and I'm gonna draft another Grant Hill or another Al Horford. He turns the ball over four times a game, so I mean I'm I'm pretty well fucked anyway. I've had, I've had some pretty bad luck with those picks, so I'm ready for it. Well, listen, Buster, we appreciate you getting on here. We as as a guy who enjoys the Texas Iowa connection, I I'm a little sad to see you guys butting heads here. I think Break the league is a I think the league is a better place when everybody is together and happy and, and the Texas-Iowa <laughs> connection is all together and happy. So I hope you and, and Dirt Men Fences, and I hope you guys enjoy your tank together. Uh, I had a great time tanking with Faison, so hopefully you and Dirt can tank and, and be great tank buddies for the next few years here. Hopefully it doesn't last as long as as uh, as mine did. But, you know, good luck to you moving forward, and we appreciate you jumping on to the podcast, man. All right, hey, uh, TXIA forever, and uh, hopefully the Cubs can get some runs here. Love you, Buster. All right, guys, uh, now that we got Buster off off the line, he got his his piece in. Uh, Rookie guys coming off their deals, uh, Jermaine O'Neal, Starberry, McCarty, uh, Walter, uh, give us your thoughts on them all returning. It seems like most of the big names did return back home, uh, Bledsoe was a veteran, Al Jefferson, Catfish, all those guys came back. Uh, your general feelings on these guys returning back home. Uh, Trophy, you can go first, man. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't I don't think any of them were, like, very out-of-the-line maxes or anything. I thought they were all pretty good. Um, I mean, there wasn't really a ton to it. They all pretty much returned home. Bledsoe, I thought, had a good deal, got a good deal. Jefferson, good deal. What about um, catfish? Yeah, that's that's one that might be a little iffy, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how how much I'd pay for a defense only big, um, but he's he's the best at what he does. But we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Dirt, do you uh, do you blame twenties uh, for for going all in after losing Monroe last year and and paying that catfish deal? Uh, would you have done the same? Uh, your thoughts on those guys? Uh, shit, man. I, I I didn't even. I noticed how huge that contract was. Looking at it, but what did that start at? I'll be right there. Um, I know you. You know that mini bowl catfish line's pretty. Oh wow, that's a big contract. I guess he's not gonna play that long. But I didn't think Richie King was gonna play that long, and he's picking me pretty hard right now. 
So uh, he's got a lot of his young guys uh, locked up for a while, though. So it doesn't look like money should ever be an issue, which is going to be good for him. I, it's crazy how good his team was last year with such uh, borderline above average wings. You would think that having those, you know, the big men that don't really shoot would would, would hurt him. Having you know Lovelet and Jerome, but I guess Marbury is just that that good. Um, I'm yeah. surprised he hasn't made a move to make his team a little bit better. I don't know. I mean, Henry had a good year last year. They're kind of three, you know, solid wings, but it's not a, you know, an all-star or close to an all-star. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him try to make some moves. And if he can make some moves and, and be competitive, that Catfish still will be just fine. I know he has a shit ton of money, but he has Marbury locked up and Catfish might only play, you know, three, four more years. So uh, it might not even matter. It might might have been the perfect move for him after seeing, um, you know, Monroe leave. Stoop, catfish, basically $170 million. Is this guy going to play to 40, or is it is is 20 just banking that he's going to get, get three or four years and then and then this guy's gone? Your thoughts on, on the catfish deal? I, I'm, I'm going to assume nobody came close to offering him that type of max, that type of money. Yeah, I actually saved the bids from day one two this year, so I can go back and look at them. Uh, Kings official deal deal was seven years, one hundred sixty eight point four million. The next closest uh, was from the Nets for three years, forty two million. So you're talking four more years and one hundred twenty more million. But that being said, you can understand kind of why the Kings did it. Uh, you weren't quite sure what the market would be and what, what guys would offer big money contracts to him. Uh, he's got his team locked up for a while, and I'm guessing he's kind of hoping that he doesn't play off that contract. But we kind of said the same thing about Reggie King, and he he's on the last, last year of his contract now. So I don't know if he could end up playing all seven years. Um, I really like the rest of the free agency. I like when rookie players go back to the team that drafted them just because so much effort was take, was uh, put into to building the team around those guys. And it sucks to see a team offer more money and lose out, you know, like a like an Andrew Harrison or something like that. Um, that's very unfortunate. But, you know, everything else went about as planned. There's a couple of uh, – probably a couple other contracts. I can't think of off the top of my head that were a little bit head-scratching. I think, uh, like Trophy said – KN got a really good deal on uh, on Bledsoe. He was able to offer, you know, more probably over the first four years of the contract, but he gets that flat rate, so he's not going to see that spike um, in the contract, you know, up to, you know, 30, 30 million plus. So uh, that chalky, part of that chalky contract, the most head-scratching. I'm not sure what Victor's doing. Been drinking a little bit too much tequila, I guess. Um, all in all, pretty good. Now, were you, uh, Soup, were you the commish when when Victor sent the bid for, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the Dan player. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't the commish. Okay. It was last season, yeah. Okay, and what about the Darrell Wright deal? Were you, were you there for that, too? No, I believe that was under Odin. Okay, because I was going to say, when you see Victor's bids, do you just say, like, you just want to fucking punch yourself in the dick or something? Like, these are just kind of crazy, his bids here. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind those as much as I mind 
say Stephon Marbury, let's fucking offer him a fucking MLE or a six-year deal starting at $6.8 million with 5% increases. It's just like, really? You think he's going to come to you on that contract? Why don't waste my time? I hear you. I hear you. At least it's somewhat of a competitive, competitive uh, offer, I guess, right? No, it's not competitive at all. Well, I'm not saying that one. I'm just saying what, what uh, you know, the whole Sam Bowie, $19.2. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a shit contract, but at least he's trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, just out of curiosity, I know I was on board, but I don't think a lot of people outside of probably me and Pete were on board with McCarty Walter being a max guy. Did anybody else max him out of curiosity? I got the next highest bid from the Raptors was the net. For six years, 70, uh, $72 million. So, I mean, not quite a max. Uh, probably 2 $3 million less than a max. And then after that, it dropped, you know, quite a bit down to the Hornets and the Heat with uh, oh. about $41, $45 million. What player was the most sought after? Who had the most bids on them? Uh, probably your Stephon Marbury. I think he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> he had seven max offers, one full max, and then in the league deal. You guys are kidding me. <laughs> that was Banks at the MLE, wasn't it? No, it was it was the Cavs. <laughs> Wait, who was it? The Cavaliers. Oh Jesus, heel. I think uh, well, let's talk, I'm gonna look at Andrew Harrison. Um, the Bobcats offered a max. The Spurs offered a full max, and then the Hornets came in third, five years, seventy-five million. He ended up taking that contract. So he t- not only did he turn down the seven-year full max, he also turned down the six-year full max from the Bobcats. Um, Odin looked in a really good spot to get a Mecca when Bruns didn't get his bids in. He had the highest bid by quite a bit, but Chris Duhon signed on that one-year $15 million deal, took him out of the running for it, and he went to Kings. Did Duhon sign before? Well, I, obviously, yeah, obviously he had to. Holy, uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, so he just got screwed by order. I mean, if Duhon doesn't accept first, and Mecca sets first, then he's probably on the Bobcats right now. I, um, your thoughts, Dirt. I know we've been talking. You've been talking about Buster, but we look around the league and look at some bad deals, guys. Um, Kobe jumps out to me. Chalky's another one that that jumps out. You guys want to touch on it? I, I guess Dirt, you can go first, man. Your overall impressions on those two deals, and if there's anything else that you look at and just say, man, that's an awful contract. Off the top of my head, I I really don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm a sheet that it's in. He's in my room. I'm actually in the garage watching a little bit of the Ranger game right now. <laughs> um, I, I think the catfish still might be a little too much. Uh, yeah, I saw Chalky guys on. I really, I really don't know why, but I'm kind of glad he flopped now that Buster's cheating. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding, man. I, I know I give Buster a hard time, which is because he's TXIA, and and uh, I think it's been it's been uh, hadn't been long enough for me to talk some shit to him. We've kind of been uh tanking and I've been competing and then he's I'm tanking he's competing so we're kind of doing something to 
against one another. So I missed the guy. I, I want to apologize for my heated words, but uh, with the contracts, uh, I don't know. I, I think Victor, somebody needs to take Victor under his wing. It, it kind of sucks that he's throwing all these garbage contracts and then he gets, uh, you know, screwed over by, by the Harrison twin. But um, I guess uh, as a rookie, he's finally getting a little wrath of uh, what, what actually can happen. So maybe he should just tone it. Because t- did he even offer for Priest? Uh, I know Priest went for an MLE, which was a really good deal, and Kimball was a really good deal for an MLE. It seems like he should have been throwing money towards them instead of uh, Chalky Studebaker. But it is what it is. These young guys are um, kind of head scratching, and but uh, hopefully they'll, they'll gain a grasp of it. And instead of uh, hopefully Eric can, you know, draft somebody really well or, or do something here within the next few years. He's he's uh I'm not trying to talk bad about Vetter or anything, but he, they're they're below they're below Vetter tier. They should all be in the Pacific uh, since we're the shit division. So, but uh, other than that, uh, yeah, I, I really don't have a lot to say about him. Trophy. Hey, real uh, quick. Real yeah, go quick. ahead. Ian Ian keeps pointing out that he thinks that the Ben Wallace, the six year, ten million per, sixty million total contract, he thinks is a bad deal. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Trope, you want to touch on that? Uh, I don't think that's bad at all. But uh, who who is that that said that? I don't even know. Ian Ian said that about Ben Wallace. Uh, who has Ben Wallace? I don't even know. I, I never did last year. The Ned. The Ned. Yeah. I mean, he um, looks like he's going to be a guy that gets you, you know, with starter minutes. He's going to get you probably anywhere from 11 to 12 rebounds and maybe three and a half to four blocks. I mean, his shooting percentage and his free throw percentage aren't going to be very good. But he doesn't appear to be a guy that's going to shoot the ball too much. I mean, so, not I – mean, Oh, so he's like Mark Eaton, who everyone gave that exact same deal to? Yeah, pretty much. He's probably – Including including Ian. Yeah. Well, I, I think Ian got eaten on that really sweet deal, but I think he was like started at seven and went up to eleven or something like that in five years. So yeah, it was very similar contract to Eaton. I just, I, I mean, I, I wasn't around, I guess, for the whole Eaton thing, but uh, I, I think you could probably get a mid-level exception type big for what Ben Wallace went for. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a great contract at all. That's 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 kind of classic. Uh, that's kind of classic Cox, though. He uh, he'll go and and lock up a marginal player to a long term deal, just so he can you know have a have his super subs. Um, yeah, I just he he did this a couple years ago and and he got shit for it and it looks like he's doing it again with the big guy. I, I don't I'm, I don't personally like that deal. Uh, Soup, your thoughts on the deal? I think he tries to get too cute, like uh, you've mentioned. He. I don't know, some of his contract offers, it just makes me laugh. I'm like, I mean, I don't understand the method behind the madness. Offering some of the contracts he does, he's long-term, you know, six, seven-year deals. But, I mean, it's his team, and he's had some success here in the last couple of years. Um, it's kind of, he drafted Chetno, got a good good deal on him, yet he still went out and paid someone like Ben Wallace. That kind, of, that kind of money when, like you said, there's probably guys, maybe not MLE. He's probably, Ben Wallace is probably a little better than MLE, but a guy you could probably get on a $6, 7000000 million deal for, you know, three years. Um, I mean, I, I think I just picked up Dick Muma for, like, a, a, uh, an LLE, and 
I don't know if he's going to be that much worse than what Ben Wallace is putting up. Yeah, uh, Ben Wallace is 26. So yeah, I guess the age, but a little more longevity in the league. So I mean, and the Heat, the Nets, they're competing now. So. Yeah, but it, 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 age matters, I think, in a long-term deal if you're going to invest some points into him. You know, like if you're not going to invest and he's just a big guy to fill out a rotation, and you're not going to invest fits, points six years. All this kind of fits that mold of a guy who probably came into the league not much under what his max is going to be. He's probably he, there's probably not a whole lot of growing he could do in the in the in the categories you want to grow him to grow him in. So it might be a moot point to try to put points into him because you end up putting in someone like something like jump shot or inside scoring, which might have a reverse effect, especially when you're talking about something like inside scoring. Yeah, that's very true. I guess uh, soup. Since we you're on here, let's let's talk about some of the off season. Uh, uh, well, how about give us a signing that you thought was underrated that that you know maybe didn't get a lot of the hoopla, as the big names, but you thought was a really good deal. Uh, so I mean, that Emeka is the first thing that jumps out. I know it was a little bit controversial just because Brunt didn't get his his bid in, but get Emeka on that deal. Did a lot of people bid on Emeka? Because I, I feel like the deal he signed with and the fact that he's the defensive player, the you know, he's basically one one or one A defensive player in the league, like I, I would feel I, I thought he would ha be having, you know, maybe the second most suitors. Did he get a lot of offers or was it a case that everybody just probably thought Bruns was just gonna throw a max deal at him and he wasn't going nowhere? He had he had four offers. That's it. He had the Bobcat offer of four years, seventy-two point nine million. Then he had that Heat deal, which was three years, fifty-six. And then the Hornets offered three years, thirty-seven point eight. And then there was an MLE offer thrown out there at the last second when they didn't think Bronze was going to get the bid in. So, I mean, for a guy of Mecca's talent, I know he's thirty-two, but he's kind of a guy that for a contender. Or someone looking to got some rookie contracts on their hands with some cap space, you know, someone like Haynes, he can add them to a mix and it immediately, you know, jumps them in the top or echelon of the conference they're in. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that's a that's a great signing. I'm just surprised only four people made a bid for him because. You know, he's just such a an elite big guy that, that No no one bid on Jason Kidd on day one two. Like it was at the point where I was putting in bids for three four. I had to go back and look to make sure he didn't retire because I hadn't seen one bid for him yet. So I was like, Man, that's if someone would have thrown out, you know, like a one year ten million dollar contract to him on day one two, they probably could have had him. Man, and I should have put him on my mid level exception offer. Who well, knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, that's actually when I was talking talk about Canes earlier. I actually thought that's something he should have done. He should have made up the play on Bledsoe, which he probably wouldn't have got him due to what Canes uh, offered him. But make a play on Jason Kidd, one year deal. Uh, you keep Selby, you get Hakeem, you get Emeka. You got a great starting five right there. Yeah, the kid's old and he comes off your books. But then you try again in free agency next year when those guys come off the books. 
So, and you could have seen what Selby has. So, plus you had a you know Seth Keeney and you had Tack guys that you could use trade pieces and you could even turn those two bucks picks into gold bolt. I mean, and you're looking at just as easily as a good starting five as you would have if you had traded for Oscar. Yeah, not nothing against uh, Trophy. I know you're on here, but I, I think I personally, of all Kane's op- options that he laid out there, the AI one was the one I completely told him not to do. Like that was just it made absolutely zero sense with Oscar on the table, Kid being a free agent, Bledsoe being a free agent. Like it just made zero sense to go and grab AI, especially when it was either AI or Champ on the table. Like if you got AI or Champ, you take Champ, and then you go and get. Oscar, like that's just that's that's you know. That's, oh, I know, and I, and I told him that when I was, that's exactly what I told him because he sent me a spreadsheet of like the teams he could have, and on the top team it was like basically Oscar Champ, uh, Towns, uh, and whoever the fuck else he has, and then he had like Iverson something something, and I was like, well, the top team is clearly the best, and even. Like right right before we did the deal, I was like, I was like, you should just bid on kid, and we'll just say fuck this deal. Cause I saw how weak the East was getting, and I was like, I bet I could bring my team back. I wouldn't win it, but I would still be. I think I would have been one of the top teams, and I was like, I could fucking just bring the same fucking team back. But he still wanted to do the deal, so I was like, all right, whatever. But yeah, I didn't. I don't, I'm not sure if I would have seven year max Stiverson, but. It, that's what I texted Canes, and that's what we wanted to do. So once we already had the deal done, it was kind of done. But I tried to talk him out of it, but it didn't work. I have the text message right here of the teams. It was right. – the first one was Oscar, Kearney, Rice, Champ, Towns. The next one was AI, Juan, Rice, question mark, Towns. Then the next one uh, was Selvia Super Sub. Then his third team was Juan Selby Rice Champ Towns. But the the whole reason he didn't want Champ is because he didn't want to play him at small forward because he he had Rice and he wanted Rice to be able to start and I, I didn't. Make he but he could have had you. Oscar Rice Champ and then Okafor and Towns. Yeah, like with Curry on the bench. Like is it just me? Like you read those teams, and it's like no brainer. Uh, it does like it's a no brainer. That first team he read off is like you got to do it. Like if you can do it, and still keep a couple of your young studs with you, like what the fuck is wrong with you? You should have. It's like you know when I was talking with Soup, like he was like you didn't accept that deal from Heel yet. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like it, it, that's exactly what it was. Like fucking accept those deals and, and get to get the number one player in the league. And then, you know, and go from there. Like, have you guys ever remembered a time where the clear number one player in the league is on the market and multiple GMs are balking at paying a price to get him? Like, I can't remember a time where the clear number one player was on the market and shopped, and yet at least two GMs are trying to hardball and get him for a less price. Like, I, I always to remember. Be fair. To be what was fair, that? The year you drafted Kobe, would you have moved Kobe for the best player in the league? Before yes. free agency, before TC, before any of that. Yeah, because, well, the clear... You didn't have the team, well, though, that Canes had. The, when I drafted Kobe, my team was absolutely shit, though. Like, I had nothing. Like, I, I bombed my first four 
five draft picks before Kobe. So, like, my team was nowhere near where it was. But if I was in Kane's shoes and the, he's like, oh, I'll give you I'll give you the number one player in the league in Oscar and you give me Frank and, and maybe whatever, small change outside of that, hell yeah, I'm taking it with – But with this his, is with, before he had a Mecca and before he had a team. He was still rocking Carl Anthony but down. He, but, but he still made the – made the point that he was trying to compete. If you're trying to compete and your biggest position of need is the best player in the league and you got a chance to get him, I think you get him. And I think for whatever reason it's different having like a like a Kobe number one I think is different than a Frank Selby number one because who the fuck is Frank Selby? Exactly. <laughs> well, I think his biggest deal was with, his, was with age. I think he didn't want to mortgage his future of having a stud shooting guard for four years when you had Champ and Oscar at 30 and 31, which that was the reasoning why he decided not to do it was because of the age factor. I'm yeah, but looking... there, you're still going to get three to four prime years out of either of those guys, or both of those guys. Like, like the soup was like, oh, he didn't have a Mecca. Yeah, sure, but he could have had Champ and Oscar. And then, then, you, then you figure it out the rest with your draft picks and you, and you fill in the rest, you know? Like, to me, you do that. You, I don't know. I, I just grabbed Champ, but I was really high on Champ. And I don't know if everybody else is really high on Champ, but I think Champ's an awesome player. And then Oscar's clear number one player. Like, that's just, that's just duh. Like, you do that. You, the right. best player in the league, you pick him up, man. Especially, like Trophy said, your biggest position of need is point guard. And then the best player in the league is a point guard, and he's being offered to you. Like, man, I, it's I just, hard to pass up on Oscar. I mean, he's shooting 50-something percent. I mean, but I think that before that, Kearney could have also plus one and gotten better instead of minus one, and Thelma could have actually, you know, went plus three and then got points into him. So it's easy now after seeing TC that that's the way he should have went. But I understand champs. If I tried getting champ like two days ago. <laughs> uh, when he's on, when you have that good of a player on the block, you've got to at least throw some uh, coins on the table and see if they're willing to rake it in. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Dirt. Like, yeah. My only thing, I think my biggest advice was to to Keynes is I was like, "Do you think do you think your team can compete if you make these deals?" And he was like, "Yeah, I want to compete. I want to go all in. I'm done tanking." And I understand that feeling. So if your your answer to that question is yes and it was, then I just don't see how you don't make that move. I mean, you know, Trophy's fortunate. He got a he got his picks back for AI and and I don't think you know, I don't think that's a bad deal whatsoever. Plus, you know, we'll we'll get into it now since we're talking trades, and we'll jump we'll jump to that one uh, trophy because it was between me and you. You got, uh, you know, you got um, a couple of draft picks. You got heels uh, thirty eighteen and thirty twenty, along with Dale Ellis, who's on the block currently, and uh, Boris, who was pick one nine in the draft, who's moved champ. Uh, your overall thoughts of doing the deal? I know you you wanted to tank. Uh, outside of that. You know, how do you feel about the assets that you acquired? Uh, I like him. Uh, I really like Champ. Obviously, I had him for what like six years at the beginning, and then got him back. But uh, my team wasn't in that good of a position at the time. I mean, I still I think would have been the top five, four seed in the East, but that's not that's not what you shoot for is the top seed. So I decided to scrap it, and uh, I like the heel picks, obviously. I like it even more now that he thinks he's offered MLEs for Marbury. It makes me a little more excited. Um, but I kind of the, – the rookie was okay, but I was kind of surprised at the lack of offers uh, that I got for Champ. Uh, didn't really get too many good offers. Like, 
I got a couple offers for like one pick, and then some people like Eric offering me Butch McRae because he had a higher win rating than Champ, and it was a good deal for me. And I don't know, I was just kind of surprised with like lack of offers. Kind of same go around when I dealt him to dump the first time. I actually had to talk dump into the deal because he thought it was a bad deal for him, and it ended up being very good for him and everyone, after you trade the guy, everyone's like, well, why did you deal him for that? That was horrible. And I'm like, then why the fuck, why don't you offer something if you think it's so bad and it was so cheap? But no one ever does until it's over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dirt, your thoughts on, on well, I, I'm going to stick with you, uh, Trove, because you made a couple other deals too. I mean, you un, you, you retooled, like you said, you, you, you moved the pieces, you're rebuilding, you got your draft picks back. Uh, and in part of getting your draft picks back, you, uh, you traded uh, uh, with Canes and, and got rid of AI, and you also uh, traded MJ to to the Warriors. Um, your your overall feelings on all those deals that you were a part of? Yeah, um, I think I wasn't going to scrap anything until I got rid of MJ. Um, I was kind of disappointed in the year he had last year. I thought he'd do a lot better, but he just uh, he got killed by all the other elite shooting guards. So I wanted to get rid of him, and I, I thought I got a couple of good young guys for for MJ. I mean, if you look at it, at the from the beginning, I dealt with Zekas for Harold and Kobe. Um, Kobe sucked, but I traded him straight up for MJ. I still have Harold. I think he's a very good player, uh, unique. And then I dealt uh, MJ for two guys, so which allowed me to sign Champ, too. So who knows? Uh Dirt, your your thoughts on all the moves uh, that Trophy made? He got he, he dumped MJ. He uh, got uh, moved Champ along. AI uh, got his picks back. So your your thoughts on on the deals that uh, Trophy Trophy put down this off season? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, pretty much what Trophy does. He's he's not a tanker. You don't really see him tank a lot. Uh, when he does tank, he'd rather kind of trade for that rookie that he likes that that off season. Kind of, you know, how he did uh, this year. That's kind of his um, go-to, and it's it's worked. He's he's gone to the you know finals and almost had the better team and just didn't end up winning uh, when Champ was younger. So um, I understand with hell when the Suns got that that Bulls pick, it's it's pretty difficult to uh, watch him have a chance to get Oscar, and then you want to stick around and try to be the three four seed. That that that's not very fun. I think it was a perfect move to to dump uh, Jordan. I, I've just never been a Jordan fan, and when you think of Michael Jordan, you think of the four lotto picks Ocho got out of them, and I was shocked. I never would have thought that Jordan, who at the time was shooting forty six percent, forty three percent, he's he's very inconsistent from year to year. He's almost like a mini physicus. You never know what you're going to get the next year. So I thought that was a perfect uh, dump. Um, to give it, you know, to Ocho with that contract, uh, he's got, you know, 65 million left on that contract, and he's he's getting up there in age, and he he might just steady decline. Uh, but um, but his other picks, those Cavs picks, are just, I think that was the. I'm not saying that uh, that's the absolute best that he could have got, you know, down the road if he waited next year, but that's the best pick at the time, and. That you know, those picks can definitely be something. They can. I don't think that. Um, well, depending on how he tanks, obviously he might be something pretty dang good. 
Yeah, I was just so. about to cut into dirt and say that Jorge Soler, the god himself, just jacked one. Holy cow, that was a monstrous hit. And I think he's reached base in every single Cubs game he's been a part of, whether it be hit uh, by air or walk. That's pretty impressive for a guy that young. Um, dirt, quick question with you um, that you you were touching on 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 the deals and everything like that. I want to I want to stay with you just real quick. Uh, Horford and MJ going to the Warriors. They're they're a Pacific team. You're in the Pacific. What, what did you think about uh, Ocho's off season? I mean, I think uh, it wasn't bad. I think that he should have drafted Butch personally and uh, possibly even tanked another year or tried to trade some draft picks for for somebody other than Horford. I, I really can't say what Horford is because I don't have the file. I can't see what he's got. But he, he already has, you know, Sean Kemp could easily be Horford. Uh, it's pretty much a power forward. You're playing at small forward, so his team is really full of big men. And I think that he could have waited another, you know, been a little more patient and got Dell Ellis for free instead of Jordan. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Ellis. Uh, I don't, I don't realize why he just didn't do it, do that route. But well, I would I just, say this: GMs uh, like Dump and some other guys who just consistently shit on Ellis every time his name is mentioned and shout has really, I think, uh, had a negative. Uh, impact on his value throughout the league. I mean, Ocho was offered Ellis, and he passed on him. Ocho was offered uh, Kittenfish, and he also passed on him. So, I mean, he had options. Um, you know, Ellis at this point, I think, is I think Trophy's just basically trying to give him away for free, the, which is a shame because is, he's a pretty yeah, good lo- player, I, man. I love the guy. Like, when Dirt had him, I tried to get him for three years, four years. Uh, and when Ardo's had him, I tried to constantly get him. I think he's a very good player. Um, and you don't know how true, truly bad that defensive rating is because he gets so many steals and blocks. Um, but I think he's a really good player, but having a tough time getting rid of him. And I would keep him, but he doesn't really fit my plans at the moment. I don't even think my team right now, if you look at the East, fuck, I might make the playoffs. And that's a sad, sad thing when you trade your three best players. I, I, I will say this, that, um, I think that was it Ank or someone said if you're if you got a low defensive grade but your steals uh, for a wing player your steals out you know uh, are higher than your turnovers then you you can live with that I think Ellis has always been you know that guy that he has that B potential but his steals he always steals and blocks more shots than he turns the ball over and so you know I I think that he has I don't know maybe the points in those specific categories and maybe I don't know his his just perimeter defense is pretty poor because he can get lit up from time to time, but it's not consistent where you're like, holy shit, I got to get rid of this guy. He's he's he sucks at B defense, but it's hard to convince people because they see the letter grade and that, and they're just going to assume, oh, B defense, he's terrible. There's no way I'm I'm bringing him on my team. But uh, I'm here to the, say the same people was, that like shit on the like the B grades, defensive grades, like B plus, that say those are subpar, but those are the same people that will upgrade blocks and steals as opposed to post D and perimeter D. Same same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with you there. Soup, I want to bring you in here, man. Uh overall, who you who do you think with uh through free agency and trades, give me your, your top three improved team in your opinion. Top three improved 
I would say in no particular order. I, I really like what the Warriors did. Um, as far as improving, they're going to have a lot more wins than they did last year. Now, whether, whether the moves will be good long haul or not, he's definitely a lot better than he was last year. He definitely, he needs a he needs a point guard if he wants to be able to compete. Jameer Nelson is just not going to get the job done. Um, the Heat, uh, taking Selby, I'm I'm still big on Selby, just based on that game and based on his starting grades. Um, picking up Emeka, arguably the best center of the last 10 sim years, and uh, Hakeem as well, who I think will be pretty good uh, one-two down low. I know anytime you can get two two big men like that together, that they're going to improve improve each other scoring wise and shooting percentage wise. So I think he's got an interesting mix there. Uh, I didn't I didn't like necessarily that Iverson move. I think um, he could have gone a number of different routes and not locked himself into a contract like that. With, in my opinion, a non-dominant point guard. And third, not a whole lot of other teams jump out. There's some teams that make some good moves, but I really like what you did with Godbolt. That small forward, um, kind of emulating sort of what the what the Kings did here seasons ago, when they had Godbolt, the small forward, with two pretty good big men down low. Uh, you have O'Neal and Boogie, and he had. Odin and Monroe. Um, I also think you probably may need to upgrade that point guard position a little bit if you're wanting to be considered one of the elite teams, especially if the Suns end up uh, landing Oscar, like it appears he may be. So I'd say the Warriors, the Heat, and the Nuggets, they'd be my probably my top three most improved teams. Uh, yeah, I will say this. It's been a long journey to upgrade this point guard position, and it's just next to impossible. I've I've been trying to get Reeves. I was trying to get Oscar. I'm actually still trying to get Oscar. <laughs> it's just it's just not going to happen. I just it's 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 next to impossible to get an elite point guard. So it's it struggles to do it. Um, you know the guys that have them, it's tough to get them, and I'm kind of. I, I kind of went in and got champ, and I'm I'm back to making my rest of my roster really, really good and hoping it, it makes up the difference for Law. But, you know, you're probably right. I'm not going to win a title in, without with Law at point guard. And so at this point, it is, the team is what it is. Uh, trophy, uh, let's look ahead of the uh, – let's look ahead to the regular season here. Let's get some predictions in the books. Um, you know, Soup just gave us his best three teams in the offseason. How about you give us uh, your top three teams that came off of the offseason by trades, draft, etc.? Who do you think improved your, uh, themselves the most? Uh, I, I like uh, I like what Osho did. Um, hopefully it works out for him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's kind of in the same boat as you. He's got a lot of stacked players and not a real great point guard. Um you could like what the Suns are going to do if they do anything. Uh, if they do, it would obviously be a big move. Um, I like the I like what you did. Uh, like I, like Soup said, you got like the 20s team a couple years ago. 
Um, maybe without as good of a shooting guard for point guard, but I like your I like your bigs more. I think I think Cousins is better than Monroe. Um, I think the West overall got a lot stronger. Same story, and the East got a lot worse. Uh, I think the East took a pretty big step back with dump tanking now, and Brun's not as good. The East could be wide open. Dirt, uh, are you kind of agreeing with uh, Soup and, and Trofe? Those are the, do you see anyone else that improved top three for you in the off season? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, when you think about it, there's only the only teams that really took a step up were the the tanking teams that kind of got a little better. Um, obviously, I think the Heat are number one most improved. They they were able to walk up to um, pretty solid big men, big names, the guys that have. Heck, they've both uh, led the league in rebounds, and they've both had opportunities to lead the league in blocks. So that's a shit ton of boards and blocks that he's added to his team. Um, it's just all going to depend on AI. But uh, I know the Cavs attempted to get better. I don't think that's really going to be enough for them to do any damage anywhere. And the Bobcats were trying to improve, but I think they're still going to be a mid, mid-Eastern mid Conference team. And but the, the Hornets got... Um, a couple of big men additions be uh, a free agency. I don't. I don't think they're going to be in any kind of a mix to win a win a title. Um, Warriors are the same way. I think the Warriors are going to possibly. Uh, you know, now that the Suns are just going to dominate that division, and I like the champ edition. I, if I was you, I would possibly try to. You know. Trade champ. Now that you got Kimball at an MLE, you can extend him three years and put put Champ on the block and see if you can improve your point guard slot. Because if you know you, uh, Law is going to have to compete against Oscar or you know um, Mustafa or whatever his name is, and you're going to have to go through stud point guards to to get to where you want to be. Um, Maybe you can try to – I know Alvin's old, but you might be able to try to get him. I know he's on the block. So I would just possibly look into, uh, uh, you know, getting those guys. Well, and who knows with RV, maybe you can swing and try to get Harrison. Uh, he's a 6'5 point guard could be really, really good battling against Oscar's 6'5 point guard. So maybe try to swing, a, a, you know, some, some players towards him. He already had, He has two point guards. Maybe you can do something with RV. I think you're a top three, top four team in the West. It's just going to depend on last year on that uh, Western Conference Finals. So I think if you could improve a little bit better, you'd be the possibly the one to be looking at preseason. There's, the entire Western Conference looks like it's 500. It's pretty funny. Um, you know, you have the Kings, obviously, you're playing really well in preseason, and you had the, you know, and you, the Nuggets, but. Uh, it, it's pretty. Uh, almost seems like the West is kind of top heavy now with uh, those three, four teams. The uh, West is just incredibly. I, I agree with you. The West is just incredibly deep. I mean, the tankers that got better and the top guys are still pretty strong. Um, you know, twenties was able to keep his 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 uh, foundation in, intact, and Marbury took that next step as being an elite point guard. I mean, the West is just so stacked. The East is so pitiful. I think you're going to see the the one thing that kind of was a reason why I let go of the Cavs picks. Um the East is so bad that even that even though Heel is kind of cap tied, he still probably has enough talent on that roster to make the playoffs. 
um, in the East, just because the East is just, I think, just kind of weak. Um, but before we, we move in and, and break down divisions, guys, just real quick, yes or no, I'm going to throw a hypothetical uh, trade out there just because I'm trying to look at it. You know, everybody is rumored to have Oscar going to, to Phoenix and, and just putting together pieces and things like that. Dirt, if you were Ank, would you give up Shakur, the Knicks pick, and the Bulls pick to get Oscar? Would would you do that deal, yes or no? I'm a big fan of uh old Tupac. That'd be that'd be really, really difficult to do, knowing what, what he can do. I don't know what his potential is, but he well, he is only two years. I would probably break down and just do it. Honestly, I think that um, Bossard and Hoverson would uh, be unbelievable. That'd be that'd be super difficult to uh, to pass up. I know um, I'm not sure how easy the Gary Payton contract is going to be to trade. Maybe that's why he hasn't been able to sell him yet. No, he actually refused to trade Gary Payton. I I had uh, Nick Fazekas. Uh, I offered him Nick Fazekas for Gary Payton, and he told me no. What? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just don't see the why Gary Payton. I don't. I don't think he's a top five point guard. I think. I mean, maybe he just wants to roll with those no shooting bigs. But I would. I would. I would go ahead and do it. That's what I. I, I would. I would like the bullet. Trophy. Yes trade. or no? Would you? Would you do that trade if you were Ank? Uh, probably not. I wouldn't. I don't know. I think you get. I don't think. Obviously, I don't think point guards is a problem. I would just sell the. You can get a really good big for the pick. I mean, just that pick, you could get a very good big. I know we were talking. I offered him champ for just the Knicks pick, and he turned it down. So I don't. But I don't know what he's doing. So. He's he's pretty much in love with that Knicks pick. He's he's kind of refusing to give it up for anybody. I think at this point, it looks like That's, he turned it yeah. down for Champ. He turned it down for Nick. He turned it down for Oscar. Or at this point, it looks like he's turning Oscar down because he wants to hold on to that Knicks pick too. So I mean, he he really feels like that's going to be you know his 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 shining star down the road here. Um, you know, it's just it's interesting. I, I, obviously, you can't get in much better than Oscar, so I don't know what he's holding it on for outside of getting a, a lotto pick next year, so or this year coming up. Soup, uh, if you were in, in Ank's shoes, would you do that deal? Yeah, I, uh, I was actually talking to him earlier. Um, I think that's a deal I would do. Just, I don't think the clock will ever be in the same category as Oscar Robinson. And you kind of look at the pieces that he'd be trading in that deal. What what did he pay to get those pieces? I mean, he gave up Lex Strum for that next pick, and then he picked up that, that Bulls pick from RW. Which for garbage. Be, yeah, for the, the steal of the century. And he got Tupac in free agency just by offering him a larger contract than everybody else, so he doesn't have a whole—he doesn't have a whole lot invested in the in those three pieces. He didn't pay up a whole lot for it, and you're talking about getting the perennial MVP, the what three out of the last four seasons or something like that. Yeah. And Tupac's not that young. He's 28 years old. It's not like he's 24, and we're talking about a young star, you know, on the rise. He's, you know, he's. He's up there in age, 
And I think, uh, what, Oscar's 30, I think, or around, around about. So, I mean, you're really not giving a whole lot in age, a whole lot in age that you're getting arguably the the number one premier player in the league. So, it'd be hard to pop, pass up having Oscar with Gary Bossert and um, even Marquise Johnson as a small forward. That's a that's a good backcourt right there. Um, I would make a move at that point to trade Gary Payton. Um, I mean him playing 20 minutes where he's not getting anything done when you can upgrade your um, the front court and give yourself arguably probably one of the greatest teams in sim history. So yeah. I'm not sure. I think uh, talking to him, it seems like, I mean, he is paying a, whole, a lot for it, but, I mean, when you got a chance to put a team together like that and you're letting the next pick be the holdup, which is probably going to be, you know, it could be – it could obviously jump, but you're probably looking at anywhere from 8 to 12 realistically where it's going to end up. So, I don't Listen, know. This, I think, this is all I'm saying. I got champ. I can get my hands on that Bulls 19 first. He needs champ more than he needs Oscar. Send me Oscar. I'll send him champ. Bruns can get all his picks back plus more. I think we can make a deal work out. No? Come on, man. I need a point guard. Somebody fucking toss me a point guard, for God's sake. Anyways, moving on. Uh, you have uh, Billy Donovan. No, I don't want <laughs> Billy Donovan. <laughs> no, please. Uh, does he still free, have Billy Donovan? Because I, I don't want to be grinded down by Hebes another season, please. Uh, the East is kind of uh, weak. I think we all kind of agree with that. So without really breaking down each each uh each division, let's just go and get me your top eight teams out east. Uh Trofe, I'll let you go first. Give me your top uh eight teams in the east and your playoff seedings. Oh man. Not prepared for that. Um All right, well you know what? No me, I'm gonna shoot it. I can I'm toss it over random. to dirt and the house. I'm gonna fucking random. Uh all right, Sixers in the East obviously won. Um, I think in my predictions I had uh, the Raptors winning the uh, Central. Uh, Central is going to be pretty bad this year. Um, the only other team I think that could make a run for it are the Pacers. Uh, but I like the I like the Raptors, and then I'd probably go Heat uh, with F three, uh, four, probably. I'm gonna go Pacers. Uh, five, uh, Magic, Orlando Magic, uh, six, I'd go Nets, uh, seven, we're going to go with the Bullets, and then eight, uh, I think, uh, Bobcat, or no, I totally forgot the Bulls, I pre- eight, seven or eight would be the Bulls, I don't, they don't got much other than Oscar, but if they trade Oscar, I'd go eight, Bobcats. But I think it's pretty much going to be between uh, the Heat and Sixers. But I think the Sixers are going to take it rather easily again. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty clear it's a Sixers conference. Dirt, uh, your your playoff teams. Do we still have Dirt? You're on mute, Dirt. My bad. Uh, I I definitely go the Seventy uh, Sixers at the one. Um, 
and I don't know about that too. I don't think the Bulls. Um, I'd I'd say, uh, and that's tough. The Raptors. I shit that division's falling apart. I think that um, I've been talking with Bruns all night. He's saying they're still in talks and. Uh, it's about the whole Oscar thing. I don't know if he's going to trade him or not. Uh, I'm going to end up going. I think the Raptors might end up getting that division since that division's so bad. I'll give the Raptors two. The, the Magic three. Bullets four. Heat five. Now I'll go Heat four, Bullets five. Um, shit. The rest of them, six, seven, eight. Holy shit. That, that's tough. Uh, I'm missing anybody. That, I, I like the Nets. Then the Nets, Pacers, and I'm going to roll with the Hornets. The eight. Hornets steal the eighth spot, huh? Yeah, Hornets steal the eighth. They got, uh, you know, they got Dwight, and I think Harrison will be a beast. You really like Harrison, huh? Yeah, man, I dude, he played shooting guard and put up really good numbers. I think if he could put him at point, I think that he he could really uh, turn it up a notch. To be honest with you, yeah, you think they're, they're both both twins? Well, I guess Soup's twin is is more of a uh, more of a two guard. So you think this yeah. this twin is more of the point guard of the two? Yeah, I I think so, and I'm a big fan of Tex as well. I think Tex and White, you know, will. Uh, Put them, like I said, it's, it's, it could be the nine. Bobcats could pull out the eight. But uh, I, I just like uh, I like that Harrison edition, Dwight edition, and Tech edition. Those three, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll try to fight their way into the eight slot. Uh, Soup, go ahead and give us your, your, your eight playoff teams out east. Yeah, not much argument with the division winners. I think the pitchers are probably the clear favorite in the Atlantic and then Raptors. They'll be the top of that mess. Um, I don't see, unless Chicago keeps it together for one more run and tries to make some moves, which I don't expect. I think the Raptors are, will win that division. Uh, I have the Heat, uh, three seed, followed by the Nets with the four seed, uh, the Magic, fifth seed. Uh, give me the, the Bullets, six seed. I'll take the uh, the Pacers, seventh seed, and then for the eighth seed, I'll have uh, the Bobcats and Hornets battling it out. Um, I know Odin doesn't own his pick, so I know he's trying to experiment a little bit with uh, some of his younger players. But I think when it's all said and done, he might make a move or two to improve his team. Uh, so I'll give him the eighth seed. Uh, my uh, my playoff eight are. One through seven, identical to actually what Soup said, but I actually think the 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 Cavs are gonna take the eighth seed. I don't know why, but I, I feel like well, I I know why. I I have a man crush on Nick Fazekas, and so I think the Cavs are gonna take the eighth seed just because I think he's gonna have a monster season, and uh, he does have some pretty good pieces uh, on that roster. Uh, you know that can probably fill up some points in uh, Demar Johnson and Nick. And then uh, I think John Wall could maybe once people get out of uh, RV's hand, they usually you know blossom. D, uh, Boogie has has since he's come to to Denver, and and Wall might be also 
just needing an opportunity to shine in a, a little bit more wide open offense. So I'm, I'm going to roll the dice and say Cleveland gets the eighth seed. Um, you know, why not? Call my shot early. Uh, let's let's transition out west. The west is really super uh, super deep, uh, and as someone said earlier, a little bit top heavy. Um, you know, give us a let, let's let's go division by division. I think it's worth it. Uh, Pacific division, uh, dirt. Uh, how do you see the Pacific going? Uh, give me your playoff teams out of out of uh, out of that division. Suns will take that one seed in the in the Western Conference, I believe. Um, then look at the rest. I think the Grizzlies can can possibly pull out a four or five max. I didn't really see a big improvement on them last year. So I think they'll stay around that as well. And Warriors will uh, sneak into the playoffs. They'll be seven or eight, I, I believe, if I had bet on it. Other than that, I think the rest of them are going to be a lot of. All right. How about how about you, uh, Trove? How do you see the, the Pacific? How do you, Who do you like coming out of that uh, to make a division? Well, who do you like winning the division, and then uh, who do you think can contend for playoff spots out of that, that out of that group? Um, really, you only got uh, three teams that will make the playoffs. Suns, I think they're the one seed. And you got the uh, Warriors and Grizzlies. I think those are the only teams that make the playoffs. You got Lakers tanking, uh, Portland tanking, Seattle doing Seattle things, and uh, Dirt, uh, I don't know what he's going to do yet, but I don't think he's in the playoffs as of now. Um, but I, I think there's only three teams that are good in that division right now. I think there's probably only two that are threat that can threaten for the title. Uh, maybe the Suns and the Warriors if they make a couple more moves. Uh, Soup, your your thoughts on the Pacific? Agree with uh, with with the other guests? Uh, really, a three team battle out there with the Suns being the head ahead of the class. Soup, you there? Well, he pulled the third. Yeah, pulled the third. Uh, yeah, I think the Suns are clearly the class of the division right now, and that gap will even widen even more. If they make the Super Oscar, um, Gov, Grizzlies, probably maybe looking at maybe a 52, 53 win team, I imagine, with uh, Golden State. I think Golden State's probably around maybe a couple games over 500. Uh, there'll be a team battling probably for that 7-8 seven, seven, seed out in the West. Um, other than that, you know, the Blazers, Clippers, Lakers are taking them in. Yeah, Supersonics, I don't know. Uh, I know Vet is kind of down on his team, but he's got Monroe, Chairman, and Ginger Snaps. Uh, if he could make a move, I think he could uh, definitely put him in contention for making the playoffs. Uh, he's got a nice little trio with those three guys, and Mookie. Mookie's another year older, so I'm interested to see what he does in his sophomore season. But, yeah, those three – Possibly four teams who get in the playoffs, but I only expect probably three of them too. Uh, we'll stay with you here, Soup. Uh, let's break down the, the Midwest division. Do you think it's the Rockets division, or do you think they're they're slowly coming back down to earth? Does uh, maybe the Kings have a chance to, to win the division crown this year? Your thoughts on the division? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be your division this year to lose. Uh, I have you probably 
putting up anywhere from 57 to 60 wins, uh, taking their first crown, division crown, and who knows how long. Um, since 2.0. Yeah, since 2.0. Um, when I ran your team and you're out of the country, yeah, since 2.0. Fuck you, soup. Move <laughs> on. Uh, yeah, Rockets appear to be on the way down, but they're still a team capable of winning because they have two of the better te- two of the better players, or maybe even three of the better players in the West, and Alvin, Stanley, and uh, Wilt. But he appears that may, he may be leaning the way towards peaceful or rebuild even. Um, Kings have kind of taken a, a bad hit over, you know, starting last year, but he was able to keep his guys this year. Um, Marbury looks the makings of, you know, Oscar 2.0, a potential MVP candidate. So I think he'll be in the hunt uh, with the Rockets probably right. Right, you know, right behind you, fighting for that second spot in the division and the third seed overall. Uh, Thunder, <clears throat> I think this is the year you probably you'll probably see the Thunder take a little bit of a step back to you know around your your fifth, sixth seed probably. Um, I think they still got a chance at at fifty wins. I just don't know if they have the depth or the horses down low to get it done anymore. Uh, they've taken some some losses. Losing Juan Jaws was big for them this offseason. And then right behind them, you have the Timberwolves kind of searching for their identity right now. Um, Tim Hardaway's show now. So we'll see how much better he gets in his sophomore campaign. And then the Jazz and Spurs, they are, they are Jazz are tanking, and the Spurs are tanking, but not intentionally. So I don't expect either of them to compete. Uh, Trofe, uh, give me give me your eight playoff teams here. Uh, obviously, it seems like the Pacific is three teams, according to you. Who else gets into the playoffs, and what's the seeding out of the Midwest? Uh, I got you winning the Midwest and uh, as the two seed. Uh, three seed, I think, also probably stays in the Midwest. Uh, Rockets. I think would be the three. And then uh, of the upper tier, like at the kind of tier one, tier two of the Midwest, I'd have probably probably the Kings. Uh, they don't have like the sexiest looking team, but he still has the top point guard. Um, then you got uh, T-Wolves and Thunder. I think they're going to battle the Grizzlies and Warriors for the uh, five, six, and seven, eight spots. So I think those teams are all like probably the Warriors. I think are probably the best out of that bunch, but then any of them could get five, six, seven, eight. Sorry, go ahead. Um, that's it. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I lost oh, track of where I'm at. I'm watching the damn Cubs here. Uh, oh my. Trophy, <laughs> uh, with your playoff teams in the bag here, man, give me your uh, Western Conference champion in your in your mind, your Eastern Conference champion, and then tell me who wins it all this year in your opinion. Uh, Western, I think it'll be between uh, Suns, Nuggets, and it's a very different contrast of teams, complete opposites. So I think that'd be fun to watch again. Uh I think if I had to pick, I'd always, I'd always pick the shooting team over the uh, inside-oriented team. So I'd probably pick the Suns. 
Uh, and I mean, they still have plenty of ammo to make a move for a very good big. Uh, and then I'd go east. I'd go obviously Sixers and fuck, I don't even know. Uh, I'm going to go Sixers from the east. They're not even going to play anyone. Uh, I think the Sixers will repeat. They still have the the best point guard of the, the top tier teams as of now. And they have uh he's he's got a more balanced Suns team. They can all shoot, but he's got a better point guard and uh better big. Dirt, uh well with the Sixers and you and you have them facing the the Suns then? Trophy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sixers Suns and Sixers winning it. Sixers winning it all? A repeat, yeah. a repeat champion. Yep, I think we'll see it. But I think the the Suns could easily do it, or the the Nuggets. So you think we're gonna see uh, the bowl cut for at least another season? I sure hope so. Good luck. <laughs> Dirt, uh, give me your East champ, give me your West champ, and give me uh, our Sim League champ. I think it'd be um, crazy to say that the Seventy Sixers aren't gonna win the East. Um, unless Oscar <laughs> goes somewhere in the East to compete with them. It, the Bulls trade, you know, I think losing Okafor is definitely killing them. Even if they do trade for Mustafa, I think he'll have a chance. But it's pretty uh, – 76ers just have a dynasty on their hands. They they tanked for um, a pretty pretty long time. They had a really good uh, opportunity to keep tanking with David Robinson. You know, David Robinson not going into the league automatically. Um, and then keeping all these guys together, that's you don't see that anymore. You normally see teams uh, kind of like the Mavs. They they win their championship and then they lose, you know, uh, Catfish and then they lose Moses. It seems like there's always a team that's on the rise that loses a guy. So it's been fortunate for um, Face On after after uh, Jordan left him after a tricky deal, he was able to keep his team intact. And with that said, I think he'll definitely take the East. Um, the Suns look to be the favorite in the West. But, uh, I mean, the Kings had 59 wins last year, and they only lost Ben Wallace. So we'll figure out if Ben Wallace was the glue to that team. Uh, they'll, they'll definitely be right there with the Suns and the Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets obviously went to the Western Conference Finals, and they upgraded with uh, the, the playoff beast himself, Champ. Um, I highly doubt that those three teams will be the same. Somebody, one of them will make a move for, for something to try to get them over the hump. Uh, the Suns are probably more likely to, to uh, change rosters, but with that said, I think uh, Trophy hit it right on, the, right on the head when he said that, hey, they definitely have the firepower to go out and get an elite big or just uh, you know change that roster around to be uh, the favorite. So I'm going to have them losing to the 76ers and uh, the bulk cut uh, goes for two in a row. Soup, uh, your uh, your your feelings on the East champ and a West champ, and then who do you like uh, to win it all? I'm gonna choose a little different. I think they made enough moves this off season. They got some good young players. I think the Heat will represent the East, and it's a down year for the East, um, just depending on playoff matchups. I think, and the fact that. Uh, Sixers lost a couple 
couple of big pieces in Bentley and Moses. Um, I mean, they got they have Allen, and then kind of picked up Neon to kind of hopefully pick up some of what Moses was doing. But I think they're considerably worse than they were last season. And I just really like that down low combo of Hakeem and Emeka. And I think Iverson might be might be good enough to to win in a in a down east. So I'm gonna go to Heat out of the East and out of the West. Right now I have the Nuggets as the number one with the, the Suns right behind them, but I think before Sim one is posted that there may be a move made to where it'll put them in the clear driver's seat. And so I'm gonna go Suns Heat in the finals with the Suns winning. All right. Well, gentlemen, um, this podcast has been absolutely excellent. Soup, uh, a few guys have texted me and a few guys have said it in the shout. Could we get a surprise Sim 1 before this podcast is over, or are you going to just wait till tomorrow? Yeah, it's looking like we're just going to wait till tomorrow. I don't have a DC in. Yeah, I've said, I don't know why I said DC so, so soon, because... Half of the people end up changing it anyway due to trades and stuff. So I still probably have 15, 20 DCs under the set. I'm not doing that tonight, to be honest. No problem, man. I, 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 they, they've been texting me. I figured I, I'd give it a shot. I'd give a question. Uh, you know, and that's cool. Uh, trophy, as uh, we've done here, if you want to throw some shade before we hop cool. off the podcast, or if you just want to say some final words, <laughs> uh, go ahead and uh, and 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 let it rip before we we call it a night. Actually, surprisingly, I don't have any shade. Uh, first. Um, I did want to throw an idea out there. So we have all these uh, upgrades, and there's just some different. It might be stupid, but it's probably not because it's a great idea. Uh, we have all these uh, different ways to earn points and stuff and spend them. I think it would be cool if you could spend your dump bucks on scouting a player on the up- like opposing team that you might trade for. I mean, scout what? Like their grades? Yeah, like uh, like potential they still have left their young player, or uh, something totally different. I mean, I, I mean, it's definitely something we can discuss. I mean, I'd make a thread on it and let people kick it around and see what they think. All right, that's not a bad idea, Trof. Uh, I think definitely, like Soup said, we can kick it around. It's not as bad as the fucking wheel, so, I mean, at least it has some legs to it. Uh, Dirt, uh, any um, any shade you'd like to throw? You want to throw some more at Buster? Or you want to you wanna say any parting words to anybody before we leave? I think Trophy's idea is crap. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I don't have any uh, words, but to say... Um, I hope Dutch turns into a beast and the controversy continues. And Buster, I haven't forgiven you. And I hope you steal more Klondike bars the next time I see you. I see them commercials where that Klondike bar fucks that candy bar in the library. I want some of them next time we uh, go to Kansas City. And Soup, uh, final thoughts from our beloved commissioner. Anything you want to close the podcast with? 
No, just good off season for everybody for the most part. Everybody got their shit in on time. It went pretty smooth. Uh, get your dead charts in. I'm going to try to send probably when I get home from work tomorrow. Unless I unless I take my laptop to work, then I could possibly send a little earlier. But uh, you ready, Derek? North Carolina? Yeah. Get. Never mind. It didn't work. I'll save it for next time. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, as always, I appreciate you guys hopping on and doing this podcast thing with me. Uh, thank you to all the listeners at home uh, for grinding down with us. Uh, it was a pretty entertaining podcast. Uh, lots of shade got thrown out here. And, <laughs> and some music to let us go uh, on the sunset. Uh, see you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.